Welcome back to the Ornithopter Flight Academy. I'm your host, Brendan, as always, joined this week by Josh. Josh, how are we doing this week? I am fantastic. Did you get to play some magic cards this week? I did get to play some magic cards this week. I did a little bit of Commander today, actually. Uh, helped build an absolutely atrocious uh, deck for uh, my buddy Sean and uh, played it to a couple of wins after that. I got to play the deck that uh, I beat with it, a Scorpion God deck, a couple of times. It was a good time. Very nice, very nice. I have a voice now. My voice has came back. Um, that makes me very happy. Um, At least I, it makes some of us happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes the listeners happy, and that's what we're here for. Because uh, they don't show up for you, they show up for me. Anyways. Um, I went to Philadelphia this weekend for MagicCon Philly. And honestly, probably some of the best time I've had playing Magic ever. Um, really reminded me how great the community is. I didn't play in any major tournaments or anything. Uh, they had these little uh, four-person tournaments where it was round robin. You played everyone, and you got prizes. You got points, essentially, to get from the prize wall based on your bash points. So however many wins you had. Um, I played in a couple of those. It was super cool because it was competitive, but there was four of you hanging out all talking, so you had that social aspect like Commander. Uh, Those I actually think, sounded like a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was it was a blast, you know, by the end of it. And, uh, you know, there was guys there, you know, there's a gentleman I played against, and he'd been playing Goblins almost exclusively in Modern for two years, and that's what he was playing. And so I got to talk to him about that. It's not a common deck, you see. And... Um, you know, there's another guy mostly played Commander. He's just getting into Modern. He was playing uh, Eldrazi Tron, so he asked for some advice at the end of the game. If you know, he's if he made any play mistakes, stuff like that. We got to talk about it, and you know, by the end of it, you knew where everyone was from, what they did for a living, if they're married or not. You know, it really felt like you just showed up at a random Commander game and played Modern by accident. Um, That's what Magic's supposed to be about, really. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, had a couple really cool moments I'll share with everyone. Um, CGB, Covert Go Blue, uh, big, big time YouTuber. Um, I bumped into him. He plays, he's actually a Michigan native as well, uh, lives not that far from us. And I was just kind of talking to him for a minute. Um, I happened to run past him uh, in the lounge of the Pro Tour area, and he was hanging out with Voxy and another big streamer. I'm not sure who. Um, big arena arena streamers and as we're talking uh paulo walks by and says hi to us and he walks by says hi to us introduces himself to cgb because he recognized him and they start talking and he walks away and cgb walks back over to me afterwards he's like i'm sorry that was really rude (laughs) but like do you know who that was like just as excited about it as i was i was like no no you don't have to don't have to apologize he is way cooler than I am. I would definitely go talk to him. Um, so, yeah, no, that was super great. Uh, I got to hang out with uh, Three Benue, Phil Gallagher, for like 20 minutes on Sunday. Uh, while I sit and talked and about content creation and Commander and Legacy. And, um, he, you know, he's probably one of the YouTubers I watch the most. So just be able to sit and talk to him. Um, but my favorite moment from the con was I was sitting by myself in a room not too long after I got there on Saturday and these two gentlemen sat next to me 
And um, we were talking. They asked if I came with anyone. I said I hadn't. And the one gentleman uh, became super concerned with the fact that I didn't have anyone to play Magic with. And immediately volunteered to play a game with me to let me borrow a deck if I wanted to, if I didn't have one to play against him. Um, he had to go play in a sealed tournament, so he's like, if my, my buddy can hang out here and play with you, and was just very concerned about me having a good time. Um, and that really meant a lot to me. Um, just because that's what the Magic community is all about, is worrying about the other players and the community, the gathering part. Uh, Magic, Let's not was, forget, this is a game. It, yeah, it's there for the community. It really is. Yeah, and it really brought it back to that. You know, the Pro Tour was happening. You know, I got to bump into some guys that didn't do so well on the Pro Tour and talk to them um, afterwards. And uh, I was talking to... I cannot think of his name right now. Uh, he plays the Grinning Ignis deck. He's a European player. He had a really good run at Sofia. Um, I'm bad with names. Yeah. Um, I just read it like five seconds ago, too, which makes it even worse. Anyways, uh, we were outside smoking a cigarette. We're talking, and he's kind of talking through how his pro tour matches went. Um, sounds like he just got unlucky in a couple spots where he played for the win and didn't get there, um, which is probably what you should do with a combo deck. I, you know, in all of his playlines, I think he was correct. Um, and as we're talking about it, there's another guy sitting there who is also at the convention. And he's like, oh, what format are you guys talking about? We're like, oh, Pioneer. And he's like, cool. Uh, what cards are in Pioneer? Is that like a turn three format? Is like, like Legacy is like a turn two format, right? And Vintage is a turn one format? And so I explained to him that's, that's not how it worked. But this guy literally just played Commander with his buddies all the time. Uh, was Lived pretty close to the area, and they all came and just played Commander all weekend. So you had like vastly different uh, parts of the Magic community just hanging out, playing cards together. And uh, it was a great time. I want to go to more of these. I will go to more of these. Uh, and I'll pay to more to go to more of these. Uh, it was worth every, every penny. Um, and the 14-hour drive. Um, so, no. That is, uh, that is what I did. I felt good to play with my Regavans and my Merktides that are worth a lot of money that usually just sit behind me on my table and don't get played. So, uh, yeah, I had an absolute blast. Um, but I guess we can use that to segue. The Pro Tour came back. Um, you got to watch uh, probably a little bit more of the coverage of me. What did you think of the coverage and everything overall? Uh, the coverage was good. Uh, I, I was happy with the coverage. It, uh, there's always a few things that could use a little bit of work, but I could actually see the board. Uh, they kept a tally of the player's hand on the left side of the screen, so it was never a point where I didn't really understand or know what was going on in the game. I thought the announcers were knowledgeable. I thought they did a pretty good job of uh, describing what was happening in the game and things to look out for. I, I was happy. I thought the coverage was good. I agree. Um, from what I watched, they had the same crew that did the regional championship here in the U.S. come back and do this. And so it looks like that crew um, has gotten uh, much better since last time. Uh, not that they did poorly before, but they 
they have that core group now, and as they keep doing more and more events together, I think it's going to keep getting better and better. Um, so yeah, uh, what do you think of uh, all the red black that top aided and like you predicted? I predicted that uh, red black would do a little better than it did, but we did see a red black deck coming into the top eight and uh, fairly stock list. Uh, good deck. Turns out there was a surprise contender in the field that kind of took it by storm, though. Yeah, uh, we had uh, the tournament, spoiler alert, was eventually won by um, uh, Is It Creativity? Which is usually, when you hear creativity, you think of a modern deck. Um, And this deck wasn't, I don't think, on anyone's radar coming into the tournament. Certainly not mine. Um, No, I mentioned it. Uh, in the last podcast when we were talking beforehand. Um, but essentially, you creativity for two. You put World Spine Worm into play, which is a 15-15 trample with other text on it. Um, and a Xenagos in play. And Z- uh, Xenagos God of Revels, uh, specifically. And Xenagos uh, doubles the creature's power and toughness and gives it haste. So you 30 them. You put them both in play, hit them for 30. Good game, and it's kind of built into this is it control shell. Um, I guess first things first, congratulations to Reed Duke, one of my personal favorite Magic players. One of my um, favorite streamers as well. Yeah, no, he's a, a super nice guy, great ambassador for the game. Um, on his first Pro Tour win, um, made the Hall of Fame before he won the Pro Tour, uh, with some exciting games and exciting matches. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, do you want to run us through the top eight? Uh, absolutely. So in the uh, top eight, we had uh, several different decks. We had Derek Davis was playing an Enigmatic Fires deck using Yorian, so he was playing an 80-card deck. Uh, Reed Duke, of course, was playing Is It Creativity. Uh, Chris Ferber was playing the Lotus Field combo deck. Benton Madsen was playing Selesnia Auras, the Boggles deck. Uh, and forgive me if I pronounce this name wrong, because I am terrible with names. But Takumi Matsura was playing Mono White Humans. Gabriel Nassif was on Creativity as well as a member of the Channel Fireball team. Nathan Stower was playing Lotus Field Combo. I don't know if that's Stewer or Stower. It's Stoyer. Stoyer, sorry. sorry. Uh, Shota Yasuka was playing Rakdos Midrange. And so those eight decks made up the top eight of the. Pro Tour Philly. A couple things, uh, just to break down to the top eight. Obviously, some of these names are recognizable. Um, I know Reed Duke and Gabriel Nassif are both Hall of Famers. Shoda uh, might also be a Hall of Famer. I'm not 100% sure. He had a phenomenal tournament, though. Uh, It was kind of his tournament to lose, and he just ran into his worst matchup in the top first round of the top eight. Nathan Stoyer at 20 or 21 years old, coming off uh, being the 20, 2022 world champion, running it back uh, to make top eight here, uh, which was phenomenal. And then I think the most interesting is Benton Madsen qualified for this tournament by playing a Magic, uh, Magic Arena on his phone and ran it all the way to second place at the Pro Tour. And I do believe was undefeated going into the final round. Yeah, he had quite the day. 
Um, Quite the tournament. Yeah. Um, talk about it. He, he almost Chris Moneymaker did. Um, live in the dream. And uh, he, you know, so we talked about uh, Team Channel Fireball. You know, they had both Gabriel Nassif and Reed Duke as part of their team. They put two players in there. That's phenomenal. Uh, ben Madsen and Derek Davis were two players out of a three-player team that came. So they put two out of the three members of their team into the top eight. So hats off to them. Absolute phenomenal run to lose the world championship. Yes. Um, and so a lot of parity there between there and that. Um, eight interesting finals um, for only being three games. Uh, I was re-watching it earlier today. Um, Benton was playing the the Boggles deck and Mulligan very, very aggressively every game to Glay Cover Scout. He understood that's what he needed to win. Uh, Reed had lost to him in the Swiss and Benton had beat it in the quarterfinals. He'd beaten the same exact, I think the same exact 75 against Gabriel the Seif. Yeah, they were um, playing the same. So, yeah. Uh, Reed Duke uh, got there three games. Uh, Benton did have some problems. Uh, game one, Reed Duke kind of got lucky and drew triple... Uh, Fable. <laughs> fa- Fable of the Mirror Breaker. To, that like, card's chump- okay. <laughs> yeah, to chump block with uh, until he was able to finally rip creativity and get there. I've kind of ranted on. Uh, what all do you got to say about the top eight? Any moments you want to highlight? Uh, the uh, the first round and the last round with uh, Reed Duke, those are both exciting. The last round, uh, Reed Duke cruised through it. I mean, they, they weren't blowout games, but watching those games was impressive. Watching uh, all the decisions that uh, Reed had to make uh, with every turn being, you know, forced to block near lethal damage from the Boggles deck. Uh, it was impressive how he could navigate all that and still find a way to to pull those out. And then in game one, effectively two combo decks going off against each other and both of them on a knife's edge, knowing that the game could quite literally be over at any moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it was a very interesting... Uh, I mean, Nathan Stoyer's been around for the while, you know, but he's kind of leading the charge of the new players, the new generation coming up, playing against one of the old guard. Yeah, he had a chance to back to back it. He did. Um, well, he's still coming off a world. The, that kid's last year, year and a half. You know, he's won two moxes, I want to say, uh, the Magic Online Championship Series. Um, he won worlds, and then he top eighted his first pro tour ever. Turns out he's pretty good. Yeah, he's uh he's pretty good at this magic game. Um so yeah, hats off to him. That's a crazy run. Um I I expect to see a lot more of him too. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely um this is a, a top eight regular um from here on out. That's just the name Nathan Stoyer. I just get used to it. That's a name you're gonna hear. Um my favorite part of the top eight was probably before Benton Madsen and Reed Duke's game. First off, Benton Madsen needs to have a microphone on him at all times at every Magic tournament he ever plays in, okay? Because uh, he's just a talker in, like, the nicest way possible. He's shuffling up with Reed. Oh, you you know, you live in New York, right? You know, you're upstate? You know, you like taking the subway or you like taking the bus? Uh, you play at this store? You know, 
And he dropped an F-bomb accidentally on live stream, which was kind of funny. Um, But he's just talking to Reed Duke. Part of it's probably like, I think anyone could talk to Reed Duke like Reed Duke's your best friend. He just has that personality. Um, But very much just chumming it up, talking like he was playing F&M at his first pro tour at the finals. You know? Um, Mulligans to 4-1 game and just looks at Reed. Yeah, you're probably going to get this one. Um, very, very good attitude. So I really hope we see more of him as well. The next thing I kind of want to highlight from the Pro Tour is this is the first time we've had high-level limited play. Um, I love that. Come into effect, you got to watch LSV's draft and watch him draft. Um, Probably my favorite drafter of all time. Probably the greatest drafter of all time. He might be. He might be. I mean, he's one of the greatest limited players of all time. Um, on his birthday, happy late birthday, LSB. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of players on Twitter, and um, you saw some of, them, of their play. You could tell they weren't ready for that aspect of the game. Um, and they hadn't tested eye-level limited. Um so offer some offer us some insight into that, um, exactly how the how it works a little differently than um, your normal F and M draft. Um, what the differences are, and uh, what do you think was going through those guys' mind as they were drafting? So this is this is your F and M draft taken to a whole new level. Everybody at this table is going to be both amazing at just playing the game, but also a pro at drafting. None of them are going to be pushovers. They all understand what decks and uh, what archetypes are good in this draft. Uh, They're going to be huge on signaling and what's coming uh, to and from your left and right sides. Uh, There's a lot more going on here than looking at a pack of cards and picking one that you think is good. Way, way, way more. Um, and L- watch LSV draft just uh, if you, if you want to get an idea of how much thought is going into every single one of their picks as they as they take a card. Um, Jim Davis um, is another good drafter to to watch on that. You know he he talks through all of his his thoughts on that. Uh, did you watch any of the the draft portion? I watched LSV draft and then I hadn't. Uh, because I left for Philadelphia on Friday, because uh, I had to drop my daughter off at my in-laws' house, um, and they worked Friday during the day. Um, I actually watched the first two rounds of them play. So I watched LSV do his draft, and then the first two rounds of play, um, and it was quite really interesting. Uh, one thing to note: to make day two of the Pro Tour, you had to go at least four and four in day one, and it was three rounds of limited five rounds of uh, constructed. So if you had a bad draft, you had your work cut out for you for the rest of the day. I, I would go so far as to say if you had a bad draft, uh, you were almost cut already. Yeah, I mean, you could have went like 1-2 possibly, but if you went 0-3, I mean, you're playing against the best players in the world. You better get lucky with your matchups um, yep. going forward. And as far as I know, all the players from what I saw on Twitter that made top eight had good drafts. 
Um, and then the next day, I want to say there was two different drafts on Saturday. Um, I didn't watch a lot of coverage from Saturday. So you did three drafts total. So that was nine year rounds in the Pro Tour. Definitely a significant chunk. Um, and another big thing is you can't look at your cards while you draft. That's correct. You take a card, you place it face down. Yeah, so you can't go through. You know, you have to remember, um, and I think LSV talked about it a little bit, or maybe the commentators said, you can't, you know, you have to remember how many two drops do I have? You know, do I need to take this two drop or do I need to take this removal spell? What do, What is my curve looking like in my head? Um, and that's kind of a lot, you know, and it's hard to do perfectly, obviously, through a whole draft. Well, and also don't forget, it's not just about what you pulled. It's also about what's in that pack. I, I when you look at an, uh, an opening pack in there, you're not only looking at what you're going to take out of that pack. You're looking at what card the person to your left is likely to take. You're looking at what card is likely to wheel back to you. When you see this pack a second time, it's going to tell you a lot about what other people at the table are drafting. If there were three playable white cards and it came back to you with one of them, you know that there's probably only two white drafters. So this... It, it, there's a lot of information that has to be taken in, in addition to understanding what you're drafting. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of big brain stuff. Um, that's why I draft on Magic Online or Magic Arena because I still can see my cards because uh, my brain's not that big. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's a whole new aspect. You know, we talk about um, we talked before. You know, I kind of said I thought we were going to see the new generation show up. I was right. We did have a first uh, first time Pro Tour winner. Just throwing that out there. I was correct there. It just wasn't wasn't who I expected. The best um, kind of correct, technically. Yeah, exactly. Um, but when you look at this top eight, you know, uh, Nasif and Reed Duke and Shoda have been around forever. I do believe all of them are top ten in the all time money. Uh, list for magic. I forgot who did I pick to win. I can't remember. Um, you picked it off air, so it doesn't count. <laughs> what? Your exact words were: If Reed Duke doesn't play some weird tacked out deck and just plays uh, his normal style deck, which he didn't do. Um, hey, remember what I said about technically correct? <laughs> you you are technically correct. You didn't call Reed Duke to to uh, to win it. I I chose him for worlds. I got. Guy was was wrong. He had a he had a bad run at Worlds, um, but no, you see a lot of these um, old school players show up. Even like Nathan Stoyer, he's not. You know, it's his first Pro Tour technically, but he's been playing like on the Star City Game Circuit since he was thirteen, um, and grinding PTQs and stuff. He's been around quite some time, even for how young he is. Uh, a lot of these players have experience at high level limited play, um, and it really showed. That, you know, that was a really big factor. So. And it will uh, remain a big factor. This is, this is going to be, you, you need to be good at limited if you want to do well at one of these events. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, they had a short time. You know, there's two weeks between the set coming. So. For uh, sure. The set's not solved yet. No, I mean, there's a lot going in. And um, we could talk all day about the complexities of the limited format of do you take the best deck or do you try to draft the second best deck so you can see cards again, so on and so forth. Um, 
And luckily, I do believe this is a pretty good limited set overall from what I've seen so far, where there's mul multiple archetypes and multiple ways to go. Um, there's also and, a lot of uh, flexibility in your picks. Uh, the, the archetypes overlap pretty well. Yeah, so it made for interesting gameplay afterwards. Um, so yeah, uh, another side note, ninth place uh, was uh, David Inglis, and he was playing um, the rat deck that Josh hates. Greasefang. Yeah, Abzan Greasefang. I said it, it somewhat. He went on a crazy run with it day two, I do believe. Um, there wasn't, you know, you look through, you know, if you go look at the top eight deck lists and you can see the sideboards, there's not a whole lot of graveyard hate rolling it's not, around. It's not graveyard hate. I worry with that deck, though. It's, it's just raw consistency. Like when that deck goes off, it is a powerhouse, but there's so many ways for it to not go off well. Um, he uh they did a deck tech on it um and broke it all down uh their list was a little bit different than the normal list some changes were made to kind of take care of that so sure i'm excited to see if going forward um it ends up being more of a thing i'm really surprised mono white didn't have a better showing i don't know if the mono white players lost it limited and struggled um but with so much lotus field running around. I don't know how the creativity matchup is. I'm not familiar with it. I think the it. creativity matchup is um, favored for white. I mean, they're they're also on a one-shot combo deck that struggles to keep their life total high. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does uh, They it does run eight removal spells in the main, you know, so maybe they could just slow it down just enough. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, um, and it doesn't have the worst Rakdos matchup. So, mono green, nowhere to be seen. I wonder how far. I should have done this before the show and been a good podcaster. But I wonder how far down we'd have to go to see a mono green player. Um, uh, uh, I don't have that pulled up. Uh, standings. Yeah, I'm looking at the standings, but then you have to go look at the deck list by last name because Magic wants to make it hard. All right, I, I got a link here now, guys, of the top 16 um, with all the deck lists. Um, and there is zero green in the top 16. Um, in order, it's creativity, auras, mono-white human, humans, uh, Ignat, Ignatic Fires, Rakdos, Lotus Field, Lotus Field, Is It, Abzan, Mono White, Rakdos Sacrifice, Lotus Field, Is It Phoenix, Rakdos Midrange, Lotus Field, and Azorius Spirits in 16th. So, Mono Green had a super, super bad showing this week, or at this Pro Tour. Um, I don't know what that means for the deck going forward. It means nothing's probably going to get banned, um, as much as people call for it too. Uh, myself included at times. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just need the best players in the world to figure out the format for you. So, what do you think the state of Pioneer going forward is? Do you think creativity is the best deck? Do you think this was a one-tournament deck? I definitely don't think it's a one-tournament deck. Uh, 
I still think that Black Red is the pound-for-pound pound most powerful deck in Pioneer, uh, but I don't think the gap is so large that there aren't a lot of other decks that you can do well with, depending on what the highest deck counts are i i think the hell the meta is fairly healthy right now i don't think there's anything that stands out as crazy broken if anything the meta might be a little boring because it's so well balanced yeah and it shifts quite well i mean a lot of this uh a lot of the decks that top aided uh definitely were targeting either green and or rakdos especially rakdos i do believe so Maybe the format shifts uh, to that, and then Rakdos goes on the back burner is kind of my, my thoughts. I mean, it'll always be a good deck and a solid choice for your local RCQ or whatever. Um, but maybe it shifts, and then that gives, you know, with stuff like creativity and, um, you know, four-color uh, fires. In Lotus Field, maybe that gives room for more aggressive decks to work their way into the metagame. Then eventually that'll circle back around. Well, like Boggles and Mono White and Prowess, um, all of those have, I, I'm pretty sure, have pretty good matchups against uh, the Creativity deck and the Lotus Field deck. If those decks suddenly get popular, you may see a rise of those more linear, straightforward, beat your face in kind of decks. And if that happens, then you might see a, sh a shift back to mono green and black red. And I mean, th this is the sign of a healthy meta. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. Uh, if I have one complaint about Pioneer, it, so there's a lot of 70-30 games, or matchups, rather. There's a lot of matchups where it just feels very lopsided. And it makes for boring magic to play and boring magic to win or to watch. Um, you know, like if you watched the Rakdos and the the Rakdos versus the Fires deck in the first round of the top eight, it was a non-game. One player was clearly winning that game start to finish. Um, so that's probably just going to happen to a point. Uh, with Eternal formats, so I don't think there's too much you can do. I, I'm really surprised with how well Lotus Field did. Um, don't get me wrong, the deck's super, super strong, but it was, it's was it been fairly popular coming into the uh, Pro Tour, so I expected it to kind of get hated out. And yeah, no, nobody showing. had any surprise tech for it either. Yeah, um, and it was open deck list, so if there was any hate you know, all the Lotus Field players knew what they had to play around. So that's kind of all I got on the Pro Tour and Pioneer. Um, we're definitely going to be talking more Pioneer moving forward. That is the next RCQ season. Um, but the next RC is standard, so we'll probably be going back and forth a little bit. If you, uh, if you guys at home are interested in playing more competitive Magic, uh, stick around later on in the show. We're having... Um, a special guest come on uh, and talk about a free tournament series uh, on Magic Arena you can get into um, that's very much growing in popularity. So if this is something you aspire to, but you want to start someplace and kind of um, earn your chops, as I say, um, definitely stick around and listen to that. 
But before we get into all of that, there was some magic news this week. Let me there tell was. you. Um, we've had multiple sets. So we had uh, at the at uh, MagicCon Philly, we had our first look at March of the Machines. I'm super excited for the set. We're not going to get into all of the cards. Um, I do believe they've showed us the names of what the battle cards are. Um, and like there's a card named Invasion of Alara, uh, Invasion of Tarkir, and Invasion of Chandelar. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Chandelar was a computer game that came out in 2000. 2002, 2005. How long ago was that, Josh? I don't know. It was before I. It, it, I think it was 2000, maybe 99. It, it yeah. was a while ago because I played it before I got out of high school. It was a long time ago then. Yeah, um, it was a while ago. So no, uh, they're throwing it back. This whole set's taking up taking place. Um, it's the Frexians invading all the planes. Um, so it's good. It's very War of the Spark esque. Um, story-wise, and you're going to see all your favorite characters from all your favorite sets. They're doing these weird partnered cards. Um, my favorite one so far is Thalia and the Gitrog Monster, which is a legendary creature, Human Frog Whore, and it is literally Thalia riding the Gitrog Monster. Um, yeah, so... On each plane, they're going to have these different characters that maybe wouldn't normally work together, be working together to try to stop the Phyrexians, because they have a united enemy now. Um, I think that's really cool story-wise and design-wise. It's going to give them some cool space. Um, but we're also going to see there's uh, included Heliod got completed, and we're finally getting a five-color Omnath, but uh, that black mana symbol is a Phyrexian mana symbol. We lost our boy Omnath. Weirdest casting cost I've ever seen. I have. Thematically, it's super cool, though. I like how that works. Because it got completed and got added to the black mana. Yep. A um, little info on that. Um, the story comes out March 16th to the 28th. Um, the previews begin uh, March 29th through April 4th. And by April 5th, you have the complete cards. In-store pre-releases are happening April 14th through the 20th. They're going to be on Magic Arena and Magic Online on April 18th. And the global tabletop release will be April 21st with in-store launch parties being April 21st through the 23rd. Um, another thing worth noting is they're going to have... Um, they had a special name for it. Let's see if I can find it. But essentially, different characters that might be um, helping them essentially, in this war. Um, and they're going to be like the Mystical Archives. Um, they're called Multiverse Legends. Um, so it's these, these creatures that are going to show up and fight in this war of Phyrexia, um, and they're going to be in the extra slot. Each pack's going to have one, and they're going to be in draft packs. Um, the two that they showed, they're reprinting. All of them are reprints, but Atraxa, Praetor's Voice, is getting reprinted with a uh, pretty cool art and Regavan Nimble Piffler is going to be getting a reprint with a very, very cool art um, in a special frame. Whenever they reprint expensive cards that you can open in draft packs, uh, super fun. I like Strixhaven Limited because you just randomly got 
demonic tutor or lightning bolt or brainstorm and you got to play it in your draft deck you'll be able to play these cards in your draft deck um so but but not in constructed formats where they're not legal yeah no they will only be they will not be standard legal they'll only be legal where they're already legal um but it's a cool way for them to get to reprint some more expensive cards and they'll still have their rarity obviously um but it makes opening packs a little bit more fun in my opinion there's a whole bunch of new art they're doing um they're having a commander set come out with it and the commander decks are all going to have new plane chase cards yep um they're bringing back plane chase for the first time in like 12 years plane chase uh, was a lot of fun yeah i hope it brings it back now that commander's kind of taken off in popularity i'd love for it to see more of a thing you know commanders already especially casual commanders already bring your um bring your own tools to the tabletop game Kind of, it feels more like a board game than Magic sometimes. And playing Chase just adds another element to that. I, I uh, loved all those. I, I loved Arch Enemy. I loved uh, playing the Vanguard format. Uh, these add a lot of extra play to your game because they, like the Plane Chase, you warp your deck around the different planes that are in your planes deck. Yeah, and you, you can play the same four commander decks against each other. And every game will feel different and unique because of what this adds to it. So, um, yeah, that's uh, super exciting. I think that's all. Did I miss anything? On oh, the... just just a Lotus. Well, let's talk about this set. Oh, from this set? No, you didn't miss anything from this set. This set's looking great, though. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um... I, want, I want to get my hands on Fairy Masterminds. I want to get my hands on a bunch of these cards. This this is probably the most excited I've been about a set. And none of these cards just read busted to me. Um, we're not going to get into any of the new cards today. Um, but I like it when the lore comes out of the cards and just seems right, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, we have that. And then they also, I'll let you do our next one. I don't know if you have it pulled up. Uh, Commander Masters? Commander Masters. Yeah, this one's going to be juicy. So they are doing a Masters edition of Commander, and they have already spoiled three of the reprints that are going to go into this set. Uh, Lotus, Jeweled Lotus, is going to be seeing a reprint. So for all of those of you who have not yet gotten your hands on the insanely expensive Jeweled Lotus that's already currently there, you're going to get another opportunity. Uh, they've also shown that we're going to get another copy of the Ur Dragon, and oh man, the borderless art on this looks so amazing. Um, and Capture of uh, Jing Zhao, which is a time warp, but it was only ever printed in the Portal Three Kingdoms set, so getting your hands on one of those would set you back several hundred dollars. So, a lot of stuff to be excited about, and they've only shown three cards. Yeah, one's a hundred dollar cards, one's a seventy dollar card, one's like a three hundred dollar card. Currently, four hundred dollar card. Um, I love master sets. I know we, everyone complains about too much product coming out, um, but all reprint sets are super cool. Uh, just puts the cards in players' hands in an accessible way. Usually, they're pretty fun to draft, um, and. If they do stuff like this, it means it doesn't have to show up in our standard product, uh, which is also cool. Um, the one unique thing they are doing, though, is they're doing uh, four pre-con decks. 
and the precons are going to have non-reprints in them. They're doing, um, and one of them is going to be a colorless Eldrazi deck, um, which will be cool if someone wants a kind of base start to building a colorless commander deck. I know a lot of people like doing that. Gives them a way to start there. Um, our first look at that is going to come May 16th. We're definitely a little down the road. Um, we'll definitely do a deep dive on that, too. Yeah. Um, it launches August 4th. Looks like uh, we're having some preview events uh, July 28th through the 30th. So we got a little ways for that. And then the last product they talked about is the one that's going to take all of my money is the Lord of the Rings set. They didn't tell, show us any cards yet, um, but there's going to be a Jumpstart set. There's going to be Draft Boosters, Set Boosters, Collector Boosters that may include a serialized ring card. They didn't say anything about it. It just says it on the front of the package of the picture they showed. Um, and as far as that goes, the first look is March 14th, just a couple weeks away. Um, it debuts... May 30th with a pre-release June 16th um, and a re-release June 20th and a tabletop release of June 23rd. So, so are they going to print nine rings and make them ultra premium? No clue. Um, I'm guessing they're just going to do, there's going to, maybe there's going to be ring cards and they're going to, they're also going to have serialized versions. I don't have uh the slightest clue on that. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what they do. Yeah. Very excited. Um, pretty big Lord of the Rings fan. So, um, yeah. I think it's going to be a good, fun product there. Um, did I miss anything, Josh? No. I think that's uh, all the uh, new magic to look forward to for the next few months. Absolutely. Uh, well, guys. Stick around. Uh, we'll be having our guest on here in just a minute. Hey, guys. This week, we are joined by Efrain, a.k.a. Hollywood Pizza, from the Pizza Box. How are we doing today, buddy? Hey, doing great, man. Just just hanging out, just chilling. Uh, you got off work uh, probably like a couple hours ago, so, you know, just, just vibing, just feeling it, getting to relax with you guys. Nice. Thanks for coming on. I know... We uh, talked about doing this a while ago and had to have some rescheduling, and I'm uh, glad you were able to make it on. Um, first off, I guess, uh, tell everyone you know who maybe hasn't heard about Pizza Boxes and on Twitter who you are or what you do. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys uh, having me on the cast. Uh, it's really awesome when you reached out to me on Twitter. I was uh, really, really excited. Um, but my name's Efrain, uh, Hollywood Pizza Online. Uh, I host Magic the Gathering tournaments three times a month. Uh, I'm a Twitch streamer. I uh, make YouTube content and uh, kind of just try to involve myself with as much like content creation and, uh, you know, social media, Twitter, things like that, uh, as much as I can and kind of just like do a lot of fun things for the community uh, with the tournaments. Um, all of them are free to play uh, and they do involve cash prizes as well. Uh, and some additional bonuses, uh, been able to get like a tournament series now where, you know, when you top eight, one of the pizza box opens. Uh, you get invited to my Jankathon Championship uh, tournament that one of my sponsors is hosting. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, been doing it for two years now. Uh, content creation overall and the tournaments. And yeah, it's really, really awesome. 
Nice. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, so you have uh, two tournaments a month, is that correct? Uh, I do three a month. This month we had two because of MagicCon Philly. I had to take off one weekend for that, and then I usually take like a personal weekend, so I didn't want to just like, you know, uh, do that to my fiance and have, uh, you know, every weekend of the month ta- taken up. But uh, yeah, it was just two this month, but three every month. Gotcha. So you still wanted to be engaged next month is what you're trying to say. Makes <laughs> yes, sense. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and two of them are standard and one of them is explore usually. Okay. Um, obviously the next uh, regional championship has been is standard. Have you seen like an uptick in people playing that or? Uh, it's, I think my tournaments have just been uptaken in general. Like the standard is always really popular. It, you know, they're the cards everyone has on arena. Uh, usually it's the newest set, and you know, my personal opinion, I think they've done a phenomenal job with like the last six or eight sets or something since Midnight Hunt. And you know, Standard's been you know fresh, fun, and people just really love playing it. Uh, I think you know Firexia definitely. Um, we haven't had a tournament yet for Firexia Standard, but you know it's definitely looking to be uh really really awesome to kind of see what decks and uh, kind of how everybody feels about the format. For sure. Uh, I've been playing uh, some standard uh, recently uh, over the last few months. I know I've talked about it on the show before. Um, and I think standard's been in a good spot for quite some time. Quite a few different decks you can play. There's a little bit of everything every week. There kind of seems like there's something new. So it makes sense. Um, so like you said, all your tournaments are on Arena. They're absolutely free. How, um, I guess we'll get into that a little bit. How would someone like sign up? What What would you have to do? Is there a certain account you have to have? I imagine you direct challenge people. Like, how does, if I want to sit down at my computer Sunday and play in one of your tournaments, what should I expect? So, uh, the first thing, you know, I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash HollywoodPizza. Uh, on YouTube, you can find me, PizzaBoxMTG. Uh, if you w- watch any of my content, I'm going to be dropping the link in chat. Um, you can find the links in the descriptions, um, in my About Me as well on Twitch. Uh, you can sign up to the tournaments through mtgmelee.com. Uh, it's where I've been hosting the tournaments for uh, the last two years, just like a free website. Uh, you can just sign up for it, and you go there. You can search Pizza Box, Pizza Box MTG, in the organizer section, and you'll be able to find my tournaments. Uh, you can also find them pinned on my Twitter. And if you join my Discord as well, uh, it's going to be in the announcements section. I usually like um, really push them out <laughs> in social media quite a lot. So, uh, but MTG, if you don't, you know, if you don't know any of that stuff, if you don't see any of that stuff. Um, you can find it just straight up on mtgmelee.com. Okay. And so when I get matched with my opponent, are we, is that all through melee? Does melee do all the matching and send me their name of like, who do I need to direct challenge or how does that part work? Yes. So once you sign up for the tournament, uh, you are brought into what's called the tournament controller, which is essentially just like your tournament dashboard. Uh, there you can upload your deck, uh, the day of the tournament. An hour and a half before the tournament starts, you can check in. And uh, even before then, you can already start to have your deck list already like set up and everything. Um, after that, once you're checked in, the tournament starts. Uh, you'll be sent like your pairing. Uh, once you submit the results as well for that on in your tournament controller, uh, it'll you'll just be you know waiting for your next round. Then as soon as the next round is paired, it actually just pops up real quick, and you can automatically see who you're playing next. And then as soon as they check in, um. You can click on their arena ID and then paste that in the direct challenge to do it. Okay, so it's a, it's 
a lot easier than I pictured in my head, I guess. Um, how did all this kind of start? Um, I mean, because your tournaments, you know, we're talking about it for the show, but you they're not like eight-person single-limb tournaments. They're five, six rounds of Swiss, right? Plus? Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, eight rounds of Swiss plus top eight. So it's uh, essentially a day one of a GP plus top eight. Um, so originally I started to stream on Twitch and I got into a really good community with level 99 Herbie. Uh, his community really helped me out, be like affiliate on Twitch. Eventually one of our moderators, uh, wanted us to have brawl tournaments, uh, Bushwookie. And, you know, I had a sponsorship and, uh, you know, me and Herbie really, really thought it'd be a great idea to kind of like promote brawl as like an event. And it's like a format because it really wasn't getting that much like success and like much of a pushback then. Um, we did our first tournament in January where we did like gift subs and uh, booster packs. So it was mostly geared a lot more towards like the streamer. And then well, like once February rolled around, um, it kind of ended up being like uh, more like the pizza box. And we had some more brawl tournaments for a few months and then we ended up moving into standard and historic. And then also once like alchemy came out, we did alchemy for a bit. Um, and then, then that's where we settled out right now in, uh, Standard and Explorer. And they kind of just been, like, increasing in people. Uh, people know that we have a very well-ran event. Uh, everything's usually pretty smooth, you know, not much downtime. On top of that, like, our coverage is top-notch. You know, we have a lot of members of the community, uh, pitching in for the commentary. On top of that, you know, we got a phenomenal staff that really takes care of the players and just everyone involved in just a really good community experience overall and you know it's free so you know even though it is quote unquote eight hours of your weekend you know if you really enjoy playing like fnms and you know you really want to like jump into the next level of you know essentially like the amateur competitive circuit like it's definitely where you want to start out you know it's free uh we play two of the main formats that you're going to find on arena and, you know, you might even be able to win some cards. And if you're a free-to-play uh, player on Arena, you know, it's a great thing to do because you get in and you can even use whatever money we have to kind of maybe even get some cards if you want to. Yeah, so what's the normal uh, prize pool uh, look like uh, from, like, your sponsors or whatever? You know, what is it just top eight that gets paid? Um, so how does that... the, the, usually the first turn of the month is a slice. The slice is the smaller event. Uh, for that, there's only, like, a $100 prize pool. So first place gets like 50 bucks, um, and then, you know, the top four gets paid for that. Uh, then the, we have the pizza box opens, which are $250 prize pools. So first place usually gets about 100 to 120 plus they also get the invite. Um, so the person who wins the slice gets an invite, and top eight of the pizza box opens gets an invite to the Jankathon, which is the championship series. Okay. I mean, that's for, for what it costs to get in. That seems like a great deal. And obviously, um, I don't know how much, uh, I know you were at Philly as well, so I don't know how much of the Pro Tour you got to watch, but Benton Madison, who took second at the Pro Tour, um, qualified by playing Arena on his phone. Um, so obviously there uh, is some serious magic played on Arena, and this is definitely a good stepping stone uh, in the right direction. Um, and... You guys get quite a few players. Usually it's 128 players is the cap. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, recently we have been hitting the cap pretty much every time. Uh, we've been getting about like 200 to 250 signups. 
So like, you know, when we get the tournaments up, you know, you want to make sure you're signed up and ready to go. Uh, once a, after the 128th player has signed up, you start going into a wait list. So you still have a really good chance of getting in. Uh, most people that are, you know, on the first you know, 20 to 50 people on the wait list are going to get in. Um, just because, you know, a lot of people who sign up early, they just sign up to sign up and they might not make it that Sunday. That's how, like, essentially how popular it's become is that, you know, people... I feel like it used to be like people would look at it and be like, yeah, maybe, you know, I'll sign up if I know that I can do it. But now people just sign up to make sure that our actual spot is taken, um, you know, and they're able to play rather than you, know, you wait to last minute, you know. And if you end up being like, you know, that 250th person, it's probably going to be unlikely that you get in. But um, we have been getting like the cap in terms of players and way over the cap for signups, which is really, really phenomenal. You know, like starting out, I didn't think uh, it would be. You know, that many people, it just was, you know, a local, quote-unquote, local brawl thing, and uh, definitely turned out to be more than that. Uh, you know, I've even hosted, like, set championship qualifiers, and uh, some of the players that are regulars in my events have gone to the Pro Tour through the, that qualification. I, I think that's just, you know, really special to kind of see uh, from the other side of being, like, a player. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you used to be a grinder um, back before you got into the side of Magic. Um, how do you like engaging with Magic? I mean, because obviously this is a lot different than playtesting and going to a tournament every weekend. Um, there's probably more work into it now than being a grinder because you have a whole team of people you manage behind the scenes. You have commentary. Like, do you have feature matches every round, or is it just top eight that you? Uh, it's it's every round. So um, you know, we send a message out. We give away codes. Uh, we give two codes at the end of the tournament to two people who streamed. It's done at random. And you have to stream for the whole eight rounds of Swiss. Uh, so we get, you know, uh, up to sometimes... I have 48 or 49 tables in Discord for people to sit in. Uh, sometimes we'll get, you know, 30. Sometimes it'll be the 40, 48. Uh, everybody will be streaming. So we get, you know, kind of jump in. Or well, you know, if I have the time, I'll look at the name and be like, okay, that's the matchup. So we're going to, you know, go watch that. And then, you know, as more people get eliminated, it gets a lot easier if they're streaming to kind of just go to those and keep the content flowing until, you know, that round's over. And then as soon as that round's over, you know, uh, the commentators kind of just uh, keep the stream going, just start talking talking about magic, uh, talking about the event, you know, talking about themselves or even promoting our brand, like uh, just doing whatever on, on the stream that they got to do. And, you know, I'm behind the scenes getting the next round going as soon as the next round's paired. You know, I usually have a table we'll go to, we'll go to that, and it'll just keep going from there. Yeah, on top uh, eight, I do say you have to stream, um, but I'm not gonna DQ anybody that can't. I definitely understand uh, not everyone's PC is capable of doing that. Um, so you know, I definitely it, it it's not mandatory, but you know, once you get to the top eight, you know, we really want you to stream because you know it's it's really important. You know, it's a free tournament. You know, we want you know, at least the content side of it to be there. Um, if for any, sure, you know, and that's you know we're not you know, expecting anything out of that, so. Uh, last time we had a tournament organizer on to talk about it was actually Onique, um, and three weeks, two, three weeks ago, he actually commentated top eight for you, I think. Um, yeah, I can't remember if it was, uh, top eight or Swiss, honestly, because I just have so many people on that, <laughs> um, it, it's gotten like really hard to remember who's actually even commentated with who anymore, but, uh, yeah, I think he was on in the Swiss, he was on with someone who, it was EDH wrecked. So they're normally like an EDH uh, podcast, and mm -hmm. uh, one of the members from that was on with Onique, and that's just really cool to have like 
two awesome people that like don't even know too much about like the format but they can talk about magic and i think so many people get intimidated because you know they're like oh, i don't know the format and i'm like i mean the de- you know i i get you into melee i give you like all access like you have access to the deck list you have access to everything like you're going to be able to you know at least look at the cards and know what the card does and then you know make your own you know like decision on whether or not what you think about that card or what you think about the play situation like it's just it's just magic Right, like you know when someone's about to kill somebody, right? You know, right. like you know, so these people miss land drops, right? Like it's all just magic, you know, like it, and you know, I think anytime someone's been on, they've always just done a phenomenal job. Like I've been really lucky to get uh, some really awesome people on, and you know, a lot of consistent people. We have Hamhawks Forty Two, that's our most consistent person. He's on for every tournament, and you know, it's just really cool. Um, like I said, to get all these different people on. Or a standard tournament, right? Like EDH people would never like think about standard at all, right? But you know, the fact that they've like commentated on my tournaments is is really awesome. Yeah, and I mean in general, um I know not so much of the magic community. Uh I'm a Pokemon nerd as well, so I'll jump in random shiny hunting street hunting streams and stuff like that. And there's some very uh toxic for lack of a better term, just uh, Twitch chats in general and communities, even if the content creators uh, really good and really nice person. Um, and when I've, I've been in a couple of your streams of you just, uh, I think you're doing the early access stream mm-hmm. uh, and uh, everyone there is super nice. Uh, everyone seems pretty laid back. So it's really cool. This community that you've created around your brand. Um, and that's, I mean, that's how I found you. Someone retweeted something on Twitter about the pizza box open and that's a fairly catchy name. And I was like, what is this? And um, I think the podcast ended up following you. And then I ended up following you on my personal account um, and ended up reaching out. Um, and I don't know if I speak for Josh, but if you ever need commentators to talk like top eight or do something, let us know. I'd absolutely love to do something like that. I think that'd be super fun. Yeah, I would. I would love. I, I want to have everybody on. Yeah, I think everybody deserves a chance, you know, to do commentary because we all play the game anybody could do it you know like that's the thing like i think people really get intimidated but it's just magic it's a really good time you know like you it's just so cool you just get to sit there and talk about magic like what's better than that right like really you know (laughs) for sure for sure it's a good time so josh you in um but uh i was uh waiting for you to announce me there sir (laughs) Oh. (laughs) <laughs> whatever josh josh is here guys how's he's it going sad. guys I, he's just sad i didn't say his name at first i am i'm very sad josh gets sad a lot so Sometimes. Josh, you can jump in uh what questions do you have for him well uh you were going through a bunch of those uh i'm actually really excited uh what what kind of plans do you have to uh move forward with these like uh how, how are we getting bigger and better uh, right now, it's mostly just like looking into. Uh, there's a couple things. Um, the first one is uh, getting some more sponsorships. Uh, you know, the more sponsors we can get, uh, essentially, it means you know the better you know equipped staff we can have, and the more prize pool that we can essentially give into the tournament, which means you know it's even better uh, for everyone signing up for free. And the second half of that, and you know, some of it to get to that is like Twitch Partner, um, which I've been you know really pushing uh my stream and 
uh, really trying to be on a lot and just be like more consistent with it uh, to essentially, you know, at least have another thing besides YouTube partner uh, to be able to say, hey, you know, here's these two things. You know, this is guaranteed. You know, this is my product. You know, I have all this data of all my streams of, you know, the how many times people click on links, you know, how many this and that. Like, you know, I think that's really the next level is, you know, finding a way to, you know, what I have is really amazing. And I think if we're able to, like, uh, you know, get a third more of it or double it, I think that would be really, really great for the community. And, you know, it would be, it would just be an awesome thing. I really think that, you know, right now, standard in Paper Magic is taking a lot of heat and it's, like, really almost, like, non-existent. And I think, you know, Arena, that's Arena's main thing, really, is standard. And I think by us having the tournaments... And the bigger they get, you know, people, all kinds of players from Arena are going to be able to see that. And, you know, more people are going to get, be able to get to enjoy Magic and win some money in the meantime, too. You know, like, I, I definitely get it as that grinder. You know, it's it's a lot of fun playing the tournaments and it's a lot of fun winning. And it's just, you know, it's a really great time overall. And you know, we really try to give the best experience we can. But I, I think, you know, if we're able to get, like, you know, a sponsorship or two more, like, I really think that's going to... Uh, push us to like the next level. So, what kind of community have you seen out of the players that have come to jump into your tournaments? I mean, are these tournaments for everybody, or are they for your your tournament grinder type, or who are they for? They're for everybody. Um, you know, in the beginning when we had brawl, it was very like casual, and as soon as we started to have like the standard tournaments, people were like, "Oh yeah, it's a lot more competitive." And I think that everyone has a little bit of competitiveness to them, you know, right? Or else you probably wouldn't really be playing the game, right? Like, you still like to win. Like, no matter what someone says, there, you know, there's a certain part where, yes, winning was fun. Like, it felt great, right? So I think even if you're someone who's casual, if you just want to try out some jank, we have a lot of people that show up with just jank. I mean, there's someone, uh, shout out to, like, Scott Murloc, um, who always brings jank in either top eights or gets close to top eight. And, Right? Like, you know, there's people who just want to have a good time. And then there's also people who are there testing, just like uh, Brendan talked about earlier, where, you know, maybe they're testing for a tournament they're trying to uh, win to qualify for, like, a pro tour or something. Like, you know, there's definitely something for everybody. Like, a lot of people that I... A lot of players that I have are a lot more, like, local type. You know, they're, they're there every time, streaming. They're there hanging out. Um, they make top eight. Sometimes they'll take down an event. You know, but they're but they're really there, like supporting me and supporting the tournament in general. And I think that that's like, you know, like those people mean the most to me. You know, like th that are there like every week, uh, streaming or you know also like trying to collab, trying to make content with me. And you know, it, it, it's really cool to see all different types of Magic players from everywhere kind of get together. And I also get like a lot of outside of my country players like you know i'm in the united states so there's a lot of players that'll be in top eight and they're like oh yeah you know it's three in the morning you know i'll respond to you tomorrow about payment or something just because you know <laughs> they've been up for eight hours and it's already like four in the morning right they've seen like almost a whole day cycle pretty much um yeah it's pretty crazy um it it's really is just like everybody that wants to play in it because because we make it such a welcoming experience you don't get as much of that bad feeling about those competitive players 
nothing against competitive players at all either, but I'm just saying, you know, like sometimes people really get like a bad taste in their mouth from a certain experience or maybe somebody acted a certain way. And I think that, you know, I really try to promote like a clean, good community. And I really think that brings like everybody together. For sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I remember when I went to my first PTQ, circa 2009, 2010, and like uh, my buddies I went with explained to me, you know, these are the competitive rules. If you, the rules used to be a lot harsher back then for paper. Sure, the three of us remember. Um, and they're like, you know, they can call you out for this and this, and you have to make sure you do this. And there was just like no give whatsoever. And that's really not um, what magic's about, you know. Uh, before the show, we're talking about Philadelphia a little bit. Um, and you can talk about that a little bit. But I mean, there's just amazing experience. And that's. And the community is uh, really what makes Magic great, is the gathering. So to have, you know, there's there's no monetary bar. It's free to get in. And uh, creating good experiences and helping grow the community is absolutely awesome. Uh, hats off to you for doing that. Thanks, I really appreciate it. Yeah, that really it, is you know? Thank you, thank you. Like, it's it's been a lot. Uh, you know, it took a while to get here. Um, you know, to even be able to talk to you guys is just really special. Um, you know, being invited, and uh, I know we talked a lot about Philly off the cast, but, you know, Philly was, uh, MagicCon Philly was unreal, it was just the best Magic experience I've ever had in my life, and, you know, to feel like I belonged, and to feel like, you know, we all belong together as, like, a community, and just how awesome people are just really, really means a lot to me, and um, I've just been really lucky to do this, you know, like, I, I feel like I played a lot of Magic, and I didn't have as much success, obviously, because... Playing Magic and having success is really hard, but uh, being on the other side and seeing everybody grow and have a good time is, I think, more special. For sure. As, I mean, uh, I'm working on becoming a judge right now and uh, growing that as long, alongside of growing the channel. Um, like when I judged my first event, I thought it was going to be super boring, but just engaging with the community in different ways is a lot of fun. Not all, all of us are cool enough to get to work at card shops like Josh. I, I just um, started working at one, so Josh, cheers! Hell uh, yeah, it's like the best thing Love ever. It. It's like yeah, it's like hey, this is everything I want to do in my life, and there's just cards and you know nerds, and it's a good time, really good time. <laughs> I'm Love jealous it. of both of you, especially <laughs> what I, I'll be honest with you guys. What I'm most jealous of is card shops open up at like 11 a.m. noon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to be to work at like 8 a.m. Um, and it's like the snowpocalypse here in Michigan, and I sell cards for a living. So that means I'm going to wake up to go to work to clean a whole lot tomorrow, like clean off 200 cars and plow. So, yeah. I, I wish I worked at a card shop. It sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> it, it is the best. It's it's not even a job. Yeah, it's... um, Yeah, and, you know, my best friend owns the store. That's my sponsor. Uh, comic book store. It's in uh, Glassboro, New Jersey. Uh, right across from Rowan University, um, bookstore.tcgplayerpro.com. But, you know, I've been uh, really fortunate to, like, have them by my side since I started streaming and by my side a lot in life. Um, I think that it's very fitting that I would be working there now because, you know, I I went through a lot in life and, you know, they've definitely always been there for me. And you know, it's really special to be there for them now and kind of just, like, help them out. Um, it's just, you know, it, like... Josh said it, it doesn't, I'm there helping my friend, you know. 
Absolutely. It's kind of and it's it's the bigger picture in life, too. Like, it, you're actually getting satisfaction out of what you're doing. That's number one. No, number one at any job is, you know, you got to... I understand jobs, right? You, you got to have a job, but, like, there. I think a lot of people don't realize that there's an alternative in the way... It, like, what I mean by that is, you know, find something you like to do, right? You have to make some sacrifices somewhere in life. At least find something you like to do and do that. You know, or and, you know, maybe you have your side hustle, too. And, you know, if you just do that for a while, something's going to work for you. You know, as long as you just keep working as hard as you can at it. And you know, just just like what you do. I, I you know, my life, the best times of my life have been when I had a really good job that I liked and, you know, really transcended into the rest of my life. Right. Like every everything else felt felt right, like a glove. And I, I think that that's just one of the most important things I think in life is just having a job and. Something that you really enjoy doing, and it, it takes a while for a lot of us. Like, I um, went through me wanting to have, like, a, a pizza place and uh, going through having, like, a small thing and, you know, kind of going through some things after that and moving into the content creation side of it. And, you know, once you find what you're supposed to do and once you find, like, your little niche, whatever you love, like, it, it, it all starts to, like, piece together and fit in a lot more, you know? It just takes time and hard work. I, I really do believe that. Couldn't agree I agree. More. I, uh, I mean, I joke about my job. Like tomorrow, my job sucks because I have to clean snow. Um, but I'm super blessed to. I love my job, and I love the people I work for. They're fantastic people. Um, and those two things, I don't think you could trade for the world. Whether you sell cars, sell cards, or pick up trash for a living, you know, or you're a doctor or whatever, you know what I mean. Uh, the people you work with and enjoying what you do is really what makes it so make sure you send me um the links to everything i'm going to make sure it's all in the show notes for where people can find the twitch channel where they can find tournament information and your twitter and whatnot um to show you support um but where can people find you at uh so you can find me if you want to do social media you can find me on twitter uh my tag is at pizza goif uh, you can also, I have an alternate Twitter at PizzaBoxMTG, uh, so you can find me there. Uh, you know, I post all the time, post about the tournaments, so you can definitely keep up to date a lot quicker as well through there. Uh, you can find TV slash Hollywood Pizza. I'm on YouTube as PizzaBoxMTG as well. Um, I also have a Facebook, uh, Hollywood Efrain. Uh, I have my Discord, you can find that through my Twitch about me as well. Uh, I'm going to give... Uh, you guys my link tree so that way everyone could just click in there and kind of see everything um, but you know on, I have an Instagram too um, Hollywood underscore pizza underscore ICT and Hollywood black um, because I used to that used to be like my name uh, for a very long time on like Xbox and stuff but um, mostly you can find me like live on Twitch or you know as much as I can try to put out YouTube videos like every day or every other day and the tournaments. We can't forget about the tournaments. And my phone going off. <laughs> yeah, shut up, Siri. Um, uh, for sure. And uh, your YouTube content's great. Um, I watched uh, some of your early access stuff on YouTube and your stream. Um, I was watching one of the uh, Poison decks that you were playing. Are you still playing that right now? Is there a certain deck um, you're playing in Standard, or are you bouncing around? The Poison deck, I think, is really good. It's just very mentally taxing, so it's really hard to play on stream a lot. Um, I I actually... Um, I'm a very mono-green guy. I'm a Timmy guy, so I really like um, 
mid-range decks and you know green beatdown decks um but uh for content creation um which is something that i always tried to do like with paper magic was i just try to play every deck um i try to come up with decks or if i find something on like mtga zone or i see that a, a deck did good in a tournament uh, a high profile tournament like a pro tour or something like that like i'm gonna try to at least have a video uh, of that deck or whatever's in the meta maybe um i see something doing really good in the tournament so i make a video of that or uh sometimes during the week i have definitely made videos of decks that win the tournament on the weekend so you know, i definitely know what's usually good and what's probably going to do good um so you definitely want to tune into that but uh, i usually just kind of jump between stuff um to really just get a feel for everything and uh, on the content side you know i try to just keep uh it fresh where i'm not just like hey you know i just only play uh this one deck but you know when i do try to rank up for for sure. arena I'm either the red deck guy or the mono green stompy guy, or, you know, I'm playing some kind of like uh, mid rangeish aggro deck. No wonder you like standard so much, because that's like half a standard is just mid range decks right now. Yeah, Only half. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then like, I've, no, okay. I've liked standard since like Siege Rhino days. Like that was really when I peaked at standard. Um, and that was all like mid range. And that's really what I like. I like Jund. I like mid range. Like it's, that's like the type of player that I like to be. Control, but not control. Right. Fair enough. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. Um, guys, make sure you go check down uh, the link tree down in the show notes. Um, you can find me at uh, Play to Your Outs on Twitter. You can find the podcast at TOFA Podcast at gmail.com. You can find Josh at War Games North in Cadillac, Michigan, because he still doesn't have social media. We haven't bullied him enough. Oh, uh, no, that's not true. What? I've got some set up, but they're just not ready to go yet. <laughs> okay. So maybe by next week, Josh will have a Twitter. <laughs> there Fingers we go. crossed. Twitter, Twitter's where it's at. I can honestly say um, most of Twitter is a total dumpster fire, but the best thing, me personally as a content creator, is that Twitter is one of the best places to freely advertise. And people will see it. Uh, besides that, I think Reddit is, would be like the, the second best place. But, yeah, you yeah. just have to know how to unfollow people. All but one <laughs> guest I've had on the show, all but one guest I've had on the show is by me reaching out or finding them on Twitter and us interacting. Um, and that's how they ended up on the show. So no, um, Twitter definitely, if you can get ignore the negativity and unfollow people, is a great place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just just ignore all the nonsense and you know, it's like magic. You know, find what you like and do that. <laughs> absolutely. Well, guys, uh, I know you have a stream to go do. And uh, so we don't keep you here too late. That's all. Uh, we'll talk to you all. We'll talk to you all next week.